Salutations and welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week we're recording live from Inside Lot 249 discussing the 1990 horror anthology Tales from the Dark Side. This film is directed by John Harrison and features adaptations of stories written by Stephen King and even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Its screenplay also has contributions from Michael McDowell and horror legend George A. Romero. We have chosen today to cover this film because today, May 4th, 2020, is the 30th anniversary of the release of Tales from the Dark Side. Do you guys remember the first time you watched it and what did you think? I remember watching it as a kid. Me too. A lot. Yeah. And so returning to it, I had like this kind of nostalgic situation going on. Definitely. Things that I remembered that I forgot that I remembered. Yeah. If that makes sense. I want to know why John Paul's making faces. <laughs> I, I've i watched this movie, but not a lot. Okay. I, we did. Uh, yeah. I remember watching it a lot. Like not as much as Creep Show, but no. like a lot. Right. I remember the TV, the TV series. Okay. But the movie was not some. I mean, I've seen it sometimes, but not like a crazy amount of times. And it's it's all right. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> Speaking of Creep Show, uh, Tales from the Dark Side is considered to be like the official third Creep Show film. Not. No, even even not. Tom Savini said that he considers I'm it sorry, the third creep sex show. Machine, but that, <laughs> that was... They were trying to make a TV show about creep show, right. and it ended up being changed to Tales from the Dark Side. Like oh, the title was changed oh, that's to Tales yeah, from the Dark I Side, didn't, I didn't know and that. then when they adapted the movie, it's kind of like him and a lot of people consider right. it to be the third creep show film. There are some. I mean, there's some situations, and we'll get into it more, mm-hmm. where I was like. This has got some pretty heavy creep show vibes. And actually, the second story, The Cat from Hell, was supposed to be in Creep Show 2, but they didn't have the money to do it. Oh, so, so they got, left it like, at three, mm, uh, no, three uh, right, stories. Right. So, I mean, you can, there's a tie right there. And I mean, you've, <laughs> and when you think about it, you've got the involvement of Stephen King, George, George A. Romero. Romero. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it. you can definitely, and it definitely, I mean, you take out the comic book aspect of the first two creep shows and it's the same vibes like honestly uh, yeah but i think the comic books the fair it made it what That's it true. was no, absolutely yeah and then you take it out of this but i mean just... think about if they had added comic book stuff to the frame story like would would it have all really that would have beat? changed is you take the book and turn it into a comic book yep. yeah that's it and that's then it. you're like oh creep show three but then the kid couldn't really be reading her no he's book. like but... you have to show the pictures like a great school teacher <laughs> yeah. around but we'll get into it. Now, before we get ready to slide this film in the oven, we'd like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's get cooking. So like with any anthology, this one starts with a frame story. We have Debbie Harry, Blondie. Yeah, that was, was like, what? That's nuts. She plays a woman named Betty. At the beginning, we kind of see her in town. She's getting groceries and stuff. She's driving home. She says hi to a priest. She says hi to a mailman. Like People seems, know her around Yeah, town. and she seems nice you know, very nice. Very yeah. nice neighborhood. I did want to talk about the music at the beginning. Uh-huh. It changes because the music at the front of the piece sounds a lot like 80s horror uh-huh. kind of a yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. You got the synth. Yes. And then it almost had some Nightmare on Elm Street vibes. I got yeah. Yeah. And then when she's in the car, it sounds like she's walking around in a town in Final Fantasy. 
<laughs> I said that was odd, but no, that's totally fair. It fit the, I guess, the suburban, you know. But that's really funny. Go ahead. Well, so we see the inside of her house before she walks in, and the door, I guess, to the pantry, the doorknob is shaking. Right. And so it's kind of like, okay, yeah, call, gotta call the handyman. Yeah. <laughs> so she comes inside. She takes a phone call. She's um saying, oh, we're gonna have champagne, like that. She's preparing for this big dinner party. Taking the phone call on a what I believe is the first cordless phone ever made. Yes, <laughs> it seemed to be so. Yes. So um, she gets off the phone and grabs this package of cookies and goes to that pantry and opens the door. And we see that she has Timmy, played by Matthew Lawrence, chained up in a cage of sorts in her pantry. He's like, what, like a 10 year old kid? Looks about 10. Yeah. Kids ages. It's a blur. It's hard. They're they're (laughs) either like I get. Zero to three, and then any you're, you could be twelve, you could be four. I don't know. Yeah, it's the same he's thing. very small. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a boy. It's a child, right, and right, he's right. chained up in there. Um, there's already crumbs of cookies on the ground. Like he's been in here, and he's being fed. He is being fed cookies, but he's being yeah. fed. Yeah. I mean, what kid doesn't? That's like not cookies? a bad diet, right? So, um, he's screaming for help, and she's just like, "All right, so you weigh this much, and." We should, uh, I should have you in the oven by this. Like, she's very chill, very calmly. Well, screaming, he wasn't, I don't know if he was screaming. <laughs> help. Somebody help. He's weak. All he's had for is cookies. I don't think he really wanted weak. help. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> he's got a book. I'd be he's got screaming yeah. my head off. If he's I'm hanging out with Debbie Harry. Eating, I mean, who uh, wouldn't want that? Yeah. So um, she's very calmly figuring out when she has to have him in the oven by for him to be ready for the dinner party. Because they're going to eat him. Because they're going to eat him. Now, I did notice whenever she does walk in before she takes the phone call, there is a very old looking broom up against the wall, which I guess is implying that she is a witch. Well, he calls her a witch. Oh. Yeah. You know, I think I put Debbie Harry in the same group as Stevie Nicks. I believe they might actually be be witches. witches. I'm sure they are. (laughs) They're both badass. Oh, I I'll love say them. that much. Yeah. And this gives me like extra cool points for Debbie Harry because I would never like expect no. her to be in a Tales from the Dark Side right, type right. situation. But I read she was also she also guest starred on the TV series. That's awesome. Yeah, so they yeah. brought her back. That's so cool. So as I mentioned before, he has a book in there, and it's a book that Betty had when she was young. She doesn't really remember the stories from it, but she loves the book. And he's like, well, hold on. Like, I'll read you a story. This is going to be great. (laughs) He's got a plan. Yeah, he's stalling for time, big time. She's like, is it a love story? And he's like, nah, son. Like, we're not. (laughs) Listen to this one. So he's distracting her with stories. And this leads us directly into the first story, Lot 249. They waste no time transitioning from the frame story straight into Lot 249. Kid's not the greatest narrator leading into each story. (laughs) So there's one guy, he's poor, and then (laughs) the other guys are rich. I'm not a big fan of this. (laughs) Luckily, we transition and And we we find out for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I love Steve Buscemi, and he's in this as... Bellingham. And he finally Edward looks Bellingham. young. Edward Bellingham. He does look young. Yeah, he does. Well, this is 1990. Yeah, but he always looks really old now. Well, well, now? Old now. <laughs> well, no, like even in Big Lebowski, he looked super old and it was like, He Damn. looked older, yeah. But well, in this, Reservoir he's... Dogs, he looked young. That was what, one year later? Oh, Two years yeah. later? No, he looked old in that too. He was already... Really? Yeah. Was it I'm the goatee? Like, Maybe it was just the face. He's like got that weird, like, he's always like sad, but he's still alive face. Honestly, I can't say much because I believe I have the same <laughs> style of face. 
I'm not gonna sit here and listen to you disparage Steve Buscemi. I, I love. I don't appreciate I, it. I love him too. I love him very much. Well, he's in Lot 249, as well as Christian Slater. I love Christian he's Slater. He's great. He is one of the most underrated actors, I think. Um, like, have you guys seen Mr. Robot? Yeah, he's uh, it's fantastic. I was very surprised yeah. to see him. That's one thing that <laughs> <laughs> I have. Uh, the contrarian, always. That was one thing that kind of surprised me, and obviously I didn't pick up on it when I was a kid, but the star power... Yeah, in this movie oh, yeah. is pretty great. It's yeah. not. I mean, well, think about Creepshow as well. No, oh, yeah, not absolutely. so much Creepshow too, but you know, yeah. the people they got. It's pretty yeah. fantastic. No, oh, yeah, um, I, I noticed that too. Julianne Moore yeah. plays Susan, <laughs> who is Andy's sister, and her first film appearance. Yes. This was her first film. Oh, really? Yes. yes. And Christian Slater plays Andy. I interrupted you. You didn't get to say that. Sorry, I Christian apologize. Slater plays Andy. Yeah. And then Robert Sedgwick is Lee. I'm sorry to this man. I don't really yeah. know who that is, but I don't but, know who this man is. Sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry to this man, but yeah. his character's important. He's just not a Steve Buscemi or a Christian no. Slater. But Andy and Lee are talking at the beginning. Lee has just been awarded the Penrose Fellowship based on an essay that Susan wrote for him. Yeah. Uh, who is his girlfriend and Andy's sister. So Andy's basically like, if you if they find out, like you're going to get kicked out of school. Right, right. The whole reason he wanted the fellowship was to go to Europe so that they could pay him to go to Europe. And Andy's like, you go to Europe every summer anyway. Yeah, he's already a rich kid. Yeah, so already like, this guy's a dick. Like, yeah. he sucks. But <laughs> but he, he said he's using the money to buy a Maserati. Right, Jesus. yeah. No, yeah. he's he sucks. I'm like, how much money are you getting? Right? Damn. What is this Penrose Fellowship? Yeah, and I'm going to apply next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm applying right now. Yeah. So they go inside Andy's dorm, and Bellingham is having, I guess, movers move in lot 249 into his dorm. So they come up, and Bellingham immediately is like, oh, like I recognize you because you won. He was the main contender. It was between Lee and Bellingham for the fellowship. Yeah. And he knows right away that he was, he got got. Like, yeah, he was he, yeah. tricked or um, swindled out of it. Basically. He was. It was. So yeah. he's pissed. There's some tension there. He goes to tip the movers as they're leaving and really doesn't have any money. So Lee steps in. He's like, oh, let me. Like, he's an <laughs> yeah, asshole immediately. Bag. But yeah. the thing that was weird to me is you look into Bellingham's wallet and it looks like a couple bucks. Right. But then it looked like. Lee he also a gave dollar. a dollar to the to the people. It's like, and he's like, "Holy dog!" Yeah, he's, he's like, "Thanks." Yeah, a whole a dollar. <laughs> Thanks. People usually throw quarters at me. So, so um, Bellingham already, you know, he's pissed. Andy is like, "Hey, uh, just show us what's inside lot two forty nine, and you don't even have to pay him back." It's like, like this big box huge or a crate, crate you like know? a long crate, almost like the crate. Yes, <laughs> from Creep Show. So they go inside Bellingham's dorm, which this whole dorm building looks really like run down. And plus, they look a little old to be college. I mean, kids. yeah, they do. <laughs> but at the same time, though, the the stairwell looks yeah. really yeah, nice. It, yeah, yeah, it looks weird. But the rooms not They're great. Scary. Uh, yeah. So they go inside and they open up lot two forty nine, the crate, and inside is a sarcophagus. <laughs> So they they do these action shots of Bellingham ripping open the crate, mm-hmm. and then whenever they go to open the sarcophagus, the the lid is clearly made of styrofoam. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, oh my but God. all three of them lift it, so they have to pretend like it's the heaviest it's thing heavy. ever. But they did a really bad job of that. So they open it up, and it's a mummy inside. Yes. Um, 
And I think it's Andy that says that it smells like rotten flowers. So Lee is like, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Lee's not down with it. He's done. Um, He leaves and goes home to Susan. So she immediately confronts him about what exactly he had told Andy about the whole situation. Because apparently it goes deeper than just her writing Lee's paper. Yeah. Bellingham had mentioned that there was an anonymous tip that he had stolen a pre-Columbian Zuni fetish artifact from the campus museum. Which, I don't know if anybody remembers the Trilogy of Terror. Yes, that's all I thought about. Me too. And we Which should probably know, Zuni, get to that on I, another I agree. episode. I know that Zuni fetishes are a real life thing, but come on. I feel like that had to be... <laughs> like a It had to be little, a reference, an yeah. Easter egg. But anyway, somebody had left an anonymous tip that he had stolen this. Obviously, he didn't, but no. that impacted him not getting the fellowship yeah. and Lee getting it. So she's basically feeling him out. Well, what did you tell Andy? Well, it doesn't matter. He's my brother. He's not going to say anything. And Bellingham's a loser. He can't say anything. So it, it we're fine. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Bellingham's dorm. And they're just unwrapping this mummy. No, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's something to do. Yeah. And Andy's like, oh, I, I got to go get ready for dinner. <laughs> but, he, but he doesn't leave. And I'm sorry, but when you're living in a college dormitory, <laughs> getting ready for dinner is just putting the ramen in the microwave. Like there's what getting ready. So he stays and they uh, cut the bandages off of the mummy's face. And this mummy looks pissed. They got well, him naked. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, they naked. did. Uh, although his face to me almost looked like the haunted mask from Goosebumps. That, I swear. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, Carly Beth is the fucking mummy. <laughs> we've connected it yeah so bellingham starts talking about all the things that they used to put inside of the mummies and so he cuts open kind of his sutured up stomach yeah well first he talks about how they used to go into their nostril and pull Pull out out their their brain brain from their nostril i gotta say i don't know how that's logistically possible (laughs) it feels like a thing that was passed down that never actually happened i mean who knows i haven't done it myself i mean and i don't plan to try no (laughs) so he cuts open his stomach and starts taking out all these spices and onions and finally he reaches in and pulls out a scroll the onions look surprisingly okay for having been (laughs) in his gut it's three thousand years old i think and well he's smelling the stuff that he's pulling out and he's like (laughs) it's like how the fuck do you know there's no way this is still fresh What's the lifetime of spices? Some yeah. chef but the guy has to tell me. I don't right. understand. Please, please write in and let us know. Yeah. So Andy's like, well, what does it say? And he's like, uh, it's ancient hieroglyphics. I don't know. <laughs> so um, we go back to Lee and Susan's house and mm-hmm. she's getting ready to leave to return some library books. <laughs> <laughs> when she pulls out the Zuni fetish, yep. doesn't she? Yep. And there's a little pan flute that plays when she does it. It's like, yeah. It's like, what? We we don't need the Zuni fetish as a theme song? Apparently. Like, to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lee's like, you don't give a shit about those library books. Like, you're going no. to talk to Bellingham. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm going to throw them off the track. So, right. like T said, she has the Zuni fetish. She's the one that stole it. Yeah. And then called in the anonymous tip saying that Bellingham stole it. Mm-hmm. So she leaves to go over there. We're back at the dorm and Andy can hear <laughs> Bellingham through the wall reading the scroll. And he's like, that bastard. Yeah. He told me he couldn't. And Bellingham's by candlelight. He yeah. Had to get the atmosphere no. proper. <laughs> he had to set the mood. Yeah. So he's reading the scroll and the mummy 
resurrects uh-huh. and then the electricity goes out which is a recurring theme in this story <laughs> i know how the mummy's tied to power but i don't either but sure so andy goes down i guess the fuse box is right outside bellingham's door so he goes down to try to fix the electricity i don't know and uh <laughs> he's majoring in in electricity <laughs> yeah and fuse boxes. Apparently. So, <laughs> Department of Fuse Boxes. <laughs> so, the um, mummy comes out of Bellingham's room and just throws Andy to the ground. Like, picks yeah. him up and throws him. And then we hear Susan, who's coming up the stairs, yell because he pushes her down, too, yeah. when he leaves. So, Andy tries to go after him and Bellingham's like, no, don't, don't go after him. <laughs> so, we go back to Lee's house and he's asleep on the couch. And the mummy just breaks. <laughs> yeah. I did Bellingham give him the address? I don't know. Like he lives in that very nice like, house. He would think he's like uh what, like a monster or whatever he's yeah. yeah. He just doesn't get just break in the window. No, he's no, like no magic, no yeah. honey, well, yeah. no it's, nothing. That's what I mean. There you go. No it's like he's there to rob the place. <laughs> He There's breaks no the mystery. glass. No, and you know, it's just like in. Michael Myers. You, no matter how fast you get, you turn around. He's, he's right there. behind it's you. Like, what yeah. the hell? This dude just broke the window. I'm getting in this motherfucker. Yeah. So the the unmagically breaking of the glass yeah. uh, wakes up Lee and he arms himself with a tennis a racket. Tennis racket. <laughs> Which is so fitting of this dude. Of this rich Didn't he douche. take the case off of it too? He picked it up yeah. and had the case and he pulled <laughs> it He's out. like, I don't want to cushion yeah, anything. I'm beating the hell out of this. But at, as he as he does that, like just before, the mummy's just skulking around the house. Oh, he's yeah. walking yeah, he's freely just, through the house. Why don't I stretch out? Yeah. <laughs> he's just checking out the place. He's walking God, freely damn. through the house. And... Finds his way to the closet and takes a hanger off the rack of mm-hmm. the closet. So he runs into Lee, he grabs him by the throat, kind of jacks him up on the wall. And when he does this, I know I keep going back to music, but the music sounds exactly like the end of the shower scene in Psycho. Did it? The dun dun, dun dun. Oh man, I didn't even catch that. I didn't notice that. I guess they lifted a lot of music. (laughs) So uh, he does, I guess, what he has seen done with wire hanger shaped objects. and. He sticks it right up Lee's nose and yeah. pulls. I, what what I, is your issue? I just I thought that was he's sitting there doing arts and crafts with his hanger. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? He's like, I could fashion yeah, it. Yeah, right. I yeah. can make it happen. Now can I, I ask please? I feel like not everybody was turned into a mummy in Egyptian society, right? At the time. <laughs> I'm assuming, right. I thought it was just like the people the we revere. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like if a worker died building a pyramid, they'd be like, Well, just toss him in the hole. <laughs> but He's killing them with respect. You're right. Like, that's weird, but because I looked at it as this was a bad thing that was done to him, so he's doing it to other people. But it, no, it yeah. wasn't. This is something great. You're totally right. Like, let me get that brain out for you, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that up there. But yeah, Susan comes home, and <laughs> this made me laugh. The mummy apparently <laughs> put Lee's brains in the fruit bowl. Yeah. Well- <laughs> Not a big brain, but which it's not, only no, proves yeah, my theory that he can't do it. Too. He didn't even he didn't write that paper. No, like, yeah, clearly true. he didn't write. Like, no, that that's paper. his whole brain. It was just funny to me because this isn't even the room that Lee died in. Like he had to no. take the brains. I'll move it, these. <laughs> it just made me laugh. So she uh, finds his brains in the fruit bowl, goes into the next room and sees Lee's dead body on the floor, and the mummy is just strutting out the back door. No, like, yeah, she <laughs> watches him just walk out. Yes. It's like what. The 
her reaction there wasn't really not no, really oh yeah she's just no mm-hmm. when she she took off the ring and <laughs> was like all right <laughs> yeah she when she sees the mummy leaving she reacts like she knows the mummy and she's like ah <laughs> you uh, son of a again. bitch <laughs> when, you know got me again yeah, it's just very odd so the next shot you can see the stairwell leading down from Andy's apartment or his dorm. And you can see the other side of the stairwell where the mummy is coming up. Yes. So Andy is coming down from his dorm. The mummy is coming up to go to Andy's dorm. And they're about to run into each other. But Andy's phone keeps ringing. He's like, ah, damn it. And he goes back up to his dorm. So apparently it was Susan on the phone telling him, you know, Oh, shit, our yeah, shitty friend, yeah. my yeah. boyfriend, whatever, is dead. But you get the shot of Bellingham. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just He he opens the door for the mummy, yeah, and yeah. you see him just walk past, like, come on in. Come on. Yeah, come back. That'll do, right, big. Pizza's yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the next scene, I guess it's after Lee's funeral, and she's like, you know, I saw who killed him that night, and he was filthy, and he smelled like rotten flowers. And she said he was thin. She did. But Which this mummy not. is big, dude. He's bigger than your no, boyfriend. Yeah. And your boyfriend's a jock. Yeah. He definitely wasn't thin. What's her You're concept? Right. Yeah, of, she did. What am that. I? <laughs> Julianne Moore is like, this. I, it was a guy that didn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> he was a ghost. He was, yeah. So in the next scene, we're back in Bellingham's room and the dean and the museum curator are there lecturing him. Mm-hmm. Earlier, we see Susan plant that Zuni fetish back behind something <laughs> <laughs> on Bellingham's shelf. And I don't know how the dean and the curator yeah, found, it. They found she, it. Well, yeah. I mean, did she give another anonymous tip? And I'm, I'm sorry, did. dude, yeah. but if I'm the dean, I'm like, someone's framing this kid because <laughs> no, I got yeah. three fucking like, tips. How, many, yeah. how, many, how long am I going to believe this? And he's very smart and he doesn't seem like a troublemaker. No, it doesn't make any sense. But um, he's getting kicked out for this. Yeah. And no, he yeah. straight up was like, it was Susan Smith. She stole it and she planted it here. He's like, he know, he knows what happened. Yeah. So the curator is kind of looking all around his dorm, which their dorms are huge. No, but yeah, he's looking all around this dorm and find, he uh, opens up the sarcophagus and he's like, oh, man, this would be worth yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> Does he have any home training? No. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes in, starts open shit up like, come on, man. This would be worth a lot of uh, money if the mummy was in it. Yeah. Well, Andy kind of comes into the dorm and Bellingham smiles at him like, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, you know, man. So in the next scene, back at Susan's house, the mummy just walks into the living room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's like, I've been here. I know my way around. He knows the layout. He just walks into the living room. So Susan was holding a vase and she throws it at the mummy and he just catches it. (laughs) (laughs) She comes at him with scissors and stabs him in the chest. And obviously it does nothing. And so he takes these scissors. Yeah, what do you expect? And uses them to slice open her back and then shove the flowers inside of her back. <laughs> Go ahead. But so she breaks the window, or he breaks the window. Yeah. Yeah. And then instead of her trying to go through it, she's just she just screams. There. Yeah. yeah, she asks for help. And yeah, like, that, it's nope. like, wouldn't you try to launch yourself out there, even if you knew? It's like I would rather take my chances jumping. Oh, from jumping! One hundred percent. A two, then three go, story window than to have the mummy. Yeah, mummy. Yeah, the mummy. And they were on the ground floor. They were, so it makes even less <laughs> sense. Oh, You're what right. the hell? They were. <laughs> oh, oh no. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh fuck that. But I will say the slashing looks great. 
No, it a does. lot of it, it looks, looks great. real good. Yeah, um, very bloody. The thing about the flowers, though, is again, this is some kind of reverence. No, that's true. It's like I respect Susan. Also, right. so it was this was really shoddy work because yeah. he was supposed to eviscerate her and then put the flowers inside. Well, he's just shoving the flowers. Yeah. In. He's not even yeah. dead yet. He was the mummy. He was never the mummy true. maker. <laughs> yeah. So right. I mean, we gotta he's cut like, him I some think slack. This is how it goes. <laughs> and he also <laughs> wasn't alive for the process. That's true. We gotta cut him some slack. Yeah, I think I heard this how they do how this goes. So Andy finds her in the chair with the flowers shoved in her sliced back. Mm -hmm. And she's got like paper wrapped around her like she's a mummy. People don't like. And again, they're not reacting to corpses properly in this segment. Because it's It's like they're everywhere all the time. His sister is dead. And he's like, Susan. And then he's just like, "Ah, that sucks. Well, I got to study or something. My best friend and my sister, Lane, yeah. man, wow. He does. Bellingham obviously planned this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. He did not get the fellowship very recently. Yeah. How did did he get that mummy on Amazon Prime? Because <laughs> it got there. It's a full ass mummy. Maybe. I mean, you're right. How far ahead was he planning? Yeah, this? he's like, well, if I don't get it, I'm going to fuck up whoever yeah, does. Yeah, right. Well, he had, said, <laughs> he had said at the beginning that he was going to sell it for a lot of money because he's like, well, guys like you don't have to worry about it, but I do. So maybe that was the initial plan. And then when and he, then found he was the like, scroll? you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, okay. I'm using this. I'm going to use this to my advantage. Fair enough. Well, after Andy finds Mummy Susan, uh, <laughs> We're back at the dorm and the electricity goes out again. Mm-hmm. So Bellingham goes outside his dorm to try to fix it and somebody just knocks him out <laughs> unceremoniously. Yeah. So when he wakes up, he's tied to a chair and uh, clearly it was Andy that had knocked him out. Mm-hmm. He grabs his giant ass thesis that's in a box and throws it under the chair and he's like, well, I'm going to light you and the thesis on fire. And this is before you had it saved on your drive. So you could yes. just, yeah. I'll just print out another copy, So Andy. this was a really big yeah. deal. <laughs> All your printing credits. and. <laughs> um, so he says he's going to set him on fire. He goes over to the sarcophagus and opens it and the mummy's just in there and he's like, yeah, I figured he'd be back. Yeah. Well, he says, I'm going to roast your nuts is what Andy he says. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. So the mummy's back in the sarcophagus and Andy just starts snapping its fingers off. And I got to say, the resolution to this one was pretty funny to me. No, I agree. And we'll get to it. But um, he's snapping his fingers off and he throws the fingers in Bellingham's lab. And for somebody who was elbow deep inside this mummy yesterday, I guess... He's, He's pretty squeamish yeah. about, the, about the fingers being well, thrown at him. The fingers are going to be used as kindling to roast his nuts. Yeah, but he's like, Ugh! like he's there's enough kindling. Like the yeah, fingers aren't going to do much more. Fair. So Andy leaves to get some matches to get this started, and yeah. Bellingham's like, uh, da 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 da. Like he just starts <laughs> chanting. He takes yeah. this opportunity to wake the mummy back mm. up. So the mummy, <laughs> and this is the part that was funny to me. The mummy um, starts coming at Andy, and Andy has this electric knife, like a turkey. turkey. What you yeah. Yeah. Ex- Yes, and just saws his leg off. <laughs> <laughs> he came prepared. Nobody else did. No. <laughs> but this mummy is like murdering people, no, and like yeah. so strong that he's he threw Andy to the floor, and just he just saws his leg off with this knife. 
It's his only weakness. Apparently, <laughs> the thinness of his body. Yeah. So uh, he saws the leg off. He rips his arm off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just this is the same arm that held yes. Lee held Lee by the throat up in yes. the air against a wall. Rips it off, and then the mummy is crawling across Bellingham. I guess still trying to get to Andy. Yeah, yeah and Bellingham looks afraid. He is afraid. Yeah, and even though the mummy's there, it's his bro. Yeah, they're yeah. in cahoots. <laughs> So Andy takes the knife and puts it in the mummy's mouth and just saws the top of his head off. <laughs> Throws it in the fire. Yeah. Uh, Which works. It works. It's done. Yeah. And the head was full of bugs. It looked really yeah. gross. Yeah. But, now that I understand um, Bellingham being, being scared. Yeah. yeah. So he really makes short work of this mummy. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> He's like, so where's the scroll? And he's like, ah, oh, man, like, Bellingham's like, you don't need the scroll. It only controls that mummy. You already killed it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. He's like, where's the scroll? So he tells him where it is. He gets the scroll and he burns it. And Bellingham's like, look, like killing me isn't going to bring him back. And Andy's like, but letting you live will bring him back. And Bellingham's like, shit. <laughs> good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Which is a really good question. Because <laughs> no, yeah. that usually in most movies, people are like, ah, uh, it won't. Yeah. He's like, okay, and? So the scene kind of ends and we see in the next scene that he let him go. Yeah. He's in the back of a cab and he's acting like a fucking psychopath. Well, yeah. wait, because as he's leaving the dorm, he's talking to Andy and he's like, you're never going to see me again. <laughs> and then Andy's like, you know, yeah. And he kind of walks away and then Bellingham's like, but I'll find a way to keep in touch. And I'm yeah, like, Andy, he, did you hear that? You just, yeah. <laughs> what, nothing, nothing. <laughs> So he kind of reveals, I mean, the cab driver's like, what the fuck? And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm just thinking about this guy I know who doesn't know the difference between, you know, the scroll and some hieroglyphic porn. Yeah. And because he switched out the scrolls. Yes. But the cab driver's like, whatever, nerd. <laughs> like, what, what airport are you going to right. give a shit? Shut up, nerd. <laughs> so he's doing his thing in the backseat and we go back to the dorm. Andy's on the phone with his mom talking about Susan's funeral. In walks Lee and Susan in their brain scooped out and flower stuffed forms, <laughs> yeah, holding tools to do the same to him, and they're like belling him since his regards. And it's so it's we don't over. get to see the red wedding. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Reigns of Castamere starts playing, <laughs> <laughs> and that is um, Lot Two Forty Nine. So, what did you guys think of Lot Two Forty Nine? It was better when I was a kid. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Just, I think now, I think as a kid, it was because I was a kid, it was like, oh shit, that's a mummy. You know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. then now, <laughs> of course, you're older and then you see all the stupid shit that goes on and it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's just I, funny. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. And I, I get it is what it is, you know, but it, yeah, it was just more funnier to me than it was actually being creepy or scary yeah. it was just like oh shit what's he gonna do now the like, acting oh. was good I no mean, it no, was yeah. Yeah. and then they Slater, had good Julianne people Moore. yeah they yeah. had good people in it I think uh, I think my thing because I did like this segment I do too I think the reason I like it is because mummies are underused no, in yeah. horror that's true yeah. and when you see a good mummy story and this was a pretty good mummy story you're like more more mummies please <laughs> <laughs> it, it did remind me of the crate Absolutely, but there, I there would were. say it was a better story More. than the crate. If Billy from the crate could have been in Lot Two Forty Nine, <laughs> then it's a perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely perfect. 
But this was the one that was based on a story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Right. Which I did not know until I'd like, watching I, it this time. I wonder what was changed, yeah. what that story is about. Yeah. Because for some reason, I find it hard to believe that it's about college kids and a mummy, yeah. you know. I highly doubt it. But it was inspired by <laughs> right. a story from him. But I thought that was pretty cool. No. And honestly, when we're talking about this being like the spiritual successor to Creep Show. Mm-hmm. As we talked about in the first and second episode, it's a story about revenge. Yes. So yeah. it has that going for it. That it's same the same theme. thread. Right, yeah. Right, right. You know? Definitely. But I will say it kind of sucks that the bad guy wins. Yeah. Andy was the only decent person yeah. in the story, and he gets screwed over the worst. Yeah. I mean, he loses his best friend and his sister, and then they come and presumably kill him. As mummies, and yeah. they're, they're going to murder him. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of sucks. Which is very reminiscent of uh, something to tide you over from the first Creep Show. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It, if, but, if, I mean, Leslie Nielsen they, deserved it. But. You know, no, if, yeah, yeah. if Andy had gotten the scroll and then brought them back to life to get revenge on Bellingham, yeah. it's something to tide you it over. Definitely. <laughs> like, completely. That's funny. Yeah. Back to the frame story, uh, Betty's like, well, that's all. that was a really good story, but we need to get you in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> so she opens the oven, and there's this fucking like, six-foot-long <laughs> roasting pan inside somehow. Um, but Timmy's like, no, you don't want to do that. Like, If I'm not back by six, people are going to start worrying. So how long has he I don't been know. here? Regardless, um, he convinces her to listen to another story, which, again, is not a love story. No. They do ask that quite a bit. She, a all she wants story? is a love story. Yeah. It's like her favorite. Now, it was her book when she was a kid. She doesn't know that there's like very few love stories in here. Well, even later, she's like, there are no happy endings in there. Yeah, like, you, <laughs> lied to, you lied to me, kid. <laughs> so uh, this leads us right into the next story, which is The Cat from Hell, yes. which is the Stephen King story. This one has William Hickey as Drogon, David Johansson as Halston, and Mark Margolis as Gage. Who is Hector Salamanca? Yeah, on... from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, which yeah, I was like, oh go. shit, that was very exciting for me. And in such a bit part, it's very small. It's like, but I mean, who would have known, yeah. you know? And you said William Hickey, right? I did. Mm-hmm. He was Doctor Finkelstein on Nightmare Before Christmas, <gasps> or is it Finkelstein? That- that is his voice. Yeah, it's the exact same voice. He was also on that episode of Tales from the Crypt where I he remember switches that. bodies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one. Right. So, and he's the cab driver in Scrooge with Bill Murray. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> We've all got We've ties all, to him. Yeah. <laughs> great, great guy. <laughs> well, at the opening of the story, Halston pulls up in a cab, and uh, he pulls up to this mansion that Drogan has paid for his cab and has paid the cab driver... I guess handsomely to stay behind while Halston right. goes inside and talks to him. Yeah. So he goes inside and we see Drogan. He's elderly and he's in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and he has contacted Halston for hitman services. Yeah. And Halston basically is like, well, who, you know, who's my target? And he's like, he's right. It's right behind you. <laughs> and so he whips around and it is an adorable black cat. No, he whipped around with a switchblade at the he right. Was ready, yeah, he, he was ready to go. A, a knife on the cat. <laughs> yeah. He didn't know it was a cat. But I got to say, that's pretty messed up for Drogon to be like, he's, he's right, right behind, behind you. Yeah. Don't do that, dude. Well, the cat's adorable. He is. Cute little black cat. Yeah. And Halston is being paid $100,000, $50,000 now and 50000 when it's done. To waste this cat. Yes. Unconventional hit. One would say, yeah. (laughs) Um, But Drogon is like, look, you don't understand. 
There used to be four of us that lived here. The cat has killed three of them. I'm next. <laughs> like, you have to take care of this. Which, I mean, can you imagine? Can if, you imagine? What, as the hitman? Yeah. Like, oh, this old man's crazy. He's lost his yeah. mind. Yeah. So he starts telling the story about how this cat has systematically wiped out this whole house. <laughs> he says that his sister's the one that took the cat in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's pissed from jump. He's like, cats hate me. I don't want it in the house. Now, I will say, again, as we're bringing up Creepshow, in all these flashbacks, it's blue yeah. lit. It's yes. lit with only blue light. I didn't know that. Which is very yeah, reminiscent of Creepshow. No, the elements are there. Yeah, like, this, for sure. Of all the stories, I'd say this one would, and it was, yeah. supposed to be in Creepshow It Creep was supposed too. to be, yeah. It honestly seems like they filmed it then and then just right. never used it, <laughs> but they didn't have the money, so one. that's not what happened. As Drogon starts talking about the cat, he gets very excited and starts taking medication, I guess, to calm himself down. Right. And uh, it's revealed that he is the owner of Drogon Pharmaceuticals. Right. And is taking a drug that they've made called Tridormal G. And Halston... (laughs) (laughs) Halston takes the opportunity to be like, yeah, I know that stuff. That's one step up from street junk. Yeah. Oh, So it's like... Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I don't know what the story exactly is going to be. Yeah. But we've got this guy who runs a pharmaceutical company who's created a very addictive drug that has side effects. High on his own supply. High on his own supply. I, it's going to take a lot to get me not to be team cat. Yeah. No, I'd probably take the cat home and just ask for the money. So. Be like, it's done. But continue. (laughs) Let's go, cat. Yeah. We go back to the flashback. (laughs) And, um. The sister is killed by the cat because it tripped her as she's going down the stairs. Now, I think about this a lot (laughs) in my day-to-day life because I have two cats that love that shit. Like, they love getting under your feet. And I'm like, that's going to be me one day. And then, John Paul, you're going to be the old man saying, this cat killed my wife. (laughs) Well, no, as Drogon's telling the story, he was not an eyewitness to this. No. (laughs) He has no proof of this ever having happened. It's At this point, it's just a theory. It's a theory that the cat tripped her while she was going down the stairs. And I think she was going downstairs to feed the cat. So then why would it kill her? What the fuck? I don't, I'm not, I don't believe him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still team cat. Yeah, still team cat. Make excuses for him. So um, the other person that lived with them was the sister's best friend. After the cat kills his sister, he's like, that cat, I'm going to kill it, you know, get it out of the house. So the friend gets very overprotective and (laughs) keeps the cat in her room constantly. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the next death comes when he claims that the cat suffocates his sister's friend <laughs> and the scene of the cat suffocating is so good like it's no, so funny come it, on. you don't know what's wrong with it god damn <laughs> come on well first we see an actual paw go over her mouth right yeah which was adorable the, yeah. and then <laughs> i thought i thought it was gonna end there i did too i really did but they took it a whole nother step yeah with an entire fake cat strapped to her face and she's like running around trying to peel it off and it suffocates her. Mm-hmm. Well, he says that his sister's death was ruled an accident and the friend's death was ruled natural causes, but they both died at midnight and they were both killed by this cat. Right. Now, I will say one thing that they really do very well in this segment is the staging and the blocking of the scene. The past is almost part of the present. They're all running concurrently so whenever you see a scene from the past like 
the sister falling down the stairs, they show her body in the background, yeah. and then Very Alston cool. and Drogon lean in as they're talking right yeah. now. No, it's really yeah, cool. That's yeah, cool. This yeah, interplay yeah, that between is cool the way they do that. Yeah. So back in the past, after this cat has slain the women of the house, <laughs> Drogon orders Gage, Hector Salamanca, <laughs> to take it to a vet out of town. And so He's got the cat in the back seat in some sort of laundry basket. Like I don't. It's I don't, not. It's not going like to keep picnic, the cat. Like no. A yes. Or some shit. <laughs> yeah. So the cat gets out of the basket, jumps onto the dashboard, and slashes Gage in his face, and this mm-hmm. causes an accident. And big surprise, Gage dies. Now they saved a lot of money because they're like, "Hey, should we roll this car?" They're like, "No, just no, roll, just, the, just roll the camera. Yeah. Just throw the camera. And make it look like yeah, <laughs> yeah, genius. Yeah. And if this was filmed for Creep Show too, there were budgetary issues. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe and they they worked we around tell, it. Yeah. <laughs> they did the best they could. Yes. So a week later, after Gage's funeral, the cat comes back to the mm-hmm. mansion, which the car crashed outside of town. So, you know, how is the cat alive or back? Mm-hmm. So this is when Drogon kind of confesses that Tridormal G was created exclusively by testing on cats. And so in the four years that the drug was being developed, 5,000 cats died. I will say this. I did not hear any of that when I was watching the movie. <laughs> really? Did you not? I was already so... Stop. Like, with the way the cat... Like, the cat killings were. I was you like, oh, my out. God. I, uh, <laughs> look, I get it. You know what I mean? But it, it I think this, the suffocating cat and was the car cat much. was a little... I was like... So funny. That's what I'm saying. It was yeah. just funny, and I was like, "What the fuck?" But I, I did not hear that, so that would make sense why this cat's. Passed. Yeah, so he's saying that basically all these dead cats have sent this cat to get even. Okay, well that so makes here we more are sense with now. More, okay, more now revenge. the story makes okay. More sense. Yeah, he's like king. Cat. I thought the cat was yeah. just being a dick to be a dick. <laughs> like no, I was yeah. like, "Damn, what a dick!" No, cat. we Is have a backstory. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the cat. So Drogon has hired Halston to kill the cat bury the cat, and bring back its tail so Drogon can throw it into the fire and watch it burn. Right. It's it, And this is another revenge story with yep. cats. Yes, <laughs> featuring cats. Yeah. Right. So Drogon had told the taxi to wait, not for Halston, but for him. He's like, I'm leaving and I'll be back tomorrow. You take care of this tonight. As he's leaving, he pops like fourteen pills he's like popping candy. These pills like yeah, candy. he's eating he, those he, like crazy. No, yeah, he was. He took. He was taking work home with him before the pandemic. <laughs> I can work from home now. Yeah. So Halston's going around this house, kind of like, what the fuck, you know? And he goes to get ice to make himself a drink, and the cat. <laughs> I'm sorry, because he's like going through all of his like weapons that he's planning on using or whatever. Uh-huh. And I just like to imagine that while he's doing this, the cat is also preparing. He's like cracking his knuckles <laughs> well, and doing <laughs> sit-ups, just getting ready. Like well, we get these really right. great cat POV shots yeah, of him watching. watching Halston, hiding from Halston, running from Halston. But as he's in the freezer, the cat jumps up and scratches him. And that really pisses him off. Yes. Uh, this is personal now. 
Drogon's fridge is surprisingly sparse. Oh yeah, it's There's, got like nothing. I believe there in was there. one yeah, egg inside. Yeah, there was one egg, and when he leaves, there. he's like, "You can have anything you'd ever want." Yeah, like in the house to eat. No, like, no I guess I'll here. eat your what egg. The fuck? Yeah, and even he was like that. His alcohol was the cheap shit. Like yeah, he's not he pleased did. with any no. of it. He did say that. Um, so Halston is pissed. <laughs> And it made me laugh because he's like, this is a $100 shirt. And it made me think of Job from Arrested Development. This is a $10,000 suit. <laughs> so um, he tries to coax the cat with the syringe to, you know, put him to sleep, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he gets scratched in the balls. <laughs> now, I will say I've had a cat in my lap before. And all you hope is that they don't start making biscuits. <laughs> You're like, this is very adorable. I appreciate you sitting here, but do not. And so... This is extreme biscuits. He's yeah, he's screaming. These are Popeye's biscuits that he's making. <laughs> and that scene, I don't know if you noticed, hmm. but you see the fucking harness for the cat really? in the shadow. No. Yeah, no I kept wondering what that was <laughs> because you know they'll do the cat's the cat's view and yeah. it's like the weird purple and 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 black and white or gray or whatever. Mhm. Well, when he's running on the side of the pool table, if you look down, you'll see it's a harness where the camera is and then the thing that's <laughs> holding the lens to make that visual in front of the camera. Are you serious? Yeah. And then Come when on, they man. kind of cut away, you see it for like a second, like a half a second. <laughs> you see the damn thing and the oh fake cat. God. And it's like, oh, what? And the fake cat. Yeah, I, was like, the fake oh. cat. I was like, Come on. I have to go but, back and look at that. That's yeah, insane. I, I didn't even catch I that. I even stopped it when we were watching it. That's when I had paused it. Oh my and God. I was like, right there. I was like, oh there it is. God. I heard you telling Ari. Yeah. That's hilarious. On the cheap. Right. Well, right. They had to do what they had to do. Okay, you try making a movie with a cat. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so later he gets a gun because the syringe, it's not going to do it. Uh-huh. So he gets the gun. The cat is eating, right? Well, he left food out in front of an, a TV. Yeah. And I'm like, this is your best plan? I mean, that would I would go. I well, would sit there I and mean, eat and watch TV. I mean, but he could have poisoned the food. But oh, you're you're saying that's not attractive to a cat. Why would you think that the cat's like, oh shit, dinner like, and a show? Yeah, but I mean, the cat is obviously on another level. Right, yeah. right. He doesn't. He's... Why would he? Why would he think the cat would trust this? Well, he did. But that's <sighs> the cat comes and starts eating the food, and Halston lines up the shot. <laughs> but he's talking. But he's the talking. Whole time. Yes. With his big goofy ass gun. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's, on, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> So he has the cat in his sights. He fires the gun and then the TV explodes. <laughs> <laughs> but the cat keeps eating at first. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not even thing. bothered. Whatever, dude. Yeah. He's not worried about it. So this leads to a mono uh, gato yeah, <laughs> struggle. <laughs> yeah. And ends up with the cat crawling inside of Halston's mouth. Now, okay. Two things. <laughs> As they're fighting, this house is getting trashed. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, hope, I hope Drogon's okay with this. Because if he comes home and he's successful, he's like, look, good Your news, bad news. Right. Fucked up. right? Got a little dirty. <laughs> but the cat jumps into Halston's screaming mouth. Yes. Which, if I'm Halston, I just don't understand why he allowed this <laughs> How to happen. This yes. And. It's unsettling. No, it's disturbing looking. Yeah. I mean, clearly it's not a real cat, but 
His mouth looks crazy. His face yeah, looks crazy. Yeah, it does look weird. Yeah, then um, there's there's some points it's a real cat, not a real face. Some points it's a real yes. face, not a real cat. Yeah, yeah. and, and they, they alternate it. Yeah, but the entire cat crawls inside of his mouth. Yeah, you see, like he hits the floor. You see the throat bulge as the cat is traveling down, and the cat, I guess, kind of settles in his stomach. I guess. Uh-huh. And um, Halston's dead. It's done. He, it's almost like he gets the uh, cockroach treatment from Creepshow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know, think about that. You're totally right because yeah. it's the same bulging stomach. And yeah. You're totally right. So Drogan comes home and is like, God damn it. Halston's just <laughs> dead on the floor. He kind of gets closer and looks. And the cat starts crawling out of Halston's mouth. Yes. And Drogon is horrified and is trying to get his pills open. I mean, yeah, I get high before I die. Yeah, priority number one. Yeah. So the cat is covered in blood. It crawls out of Halston's mouth, jumps on Drogon's lap, and is kind of yowling. Yeah. And Drogon has a heart attack and dies. Uh huh. And drops his pills on the floor. But how do you survive in the stomach acid that long? He's a cat how from hell. How did he do any? How did he do any of this? I, mean, I don't yeah. know. He dodged just, a bullet. Yeah. You think He's a little Neo. stomach acid is going to stop yeah. him? I mean, fuck. Come on. <laughs> I will say this: they missed an opportunity. The pills falling on the ground into the blood could have been a really cool-looking cinematic shot with it the colors. Been. Yeah, it wasn't, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, the cat licking, licking himself, himself clean yeah. it made up for it. Very cute. I'm like, I love this cat. So that's. I mean, that's it. That's yeah. the cat from hell. He got his revenge. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I really like this segment. I do think that it it's the most comical segment of all of them. Definitely. I think it's <laughs> yes. the, I, like, I would say yeah, it's the, the know, weakest yeah. one. I think it should be in the middle. That you think this is the bad. weakest one? I do think this is the weakest one. You don't? Uh, no. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. I think this was the funniest one. It was yeah. definitely the funniest I one. I prefer cat's eye myself, but I'll take... <gasps> but yeah, uh, and I'll we'll probably get to that eye. as well. Yeah, we but, have to. But this cat was all right. <laughs> <laughs> he had some moxie. For yeah, sure. yeah, I know. So you weren't a big fan of this one? It was, but I think like all the over-the-top stuff is kind of was like, you know, and I get it, you know, like I said, it's it's a creep show or whatever, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, like I said, it's just now being older and then watching these, it's like, man, these are really cheesy. <laughs> you know, it was like, damn. I like are... the cheese, though. No, I do, too. But I guess I don't know how to say it without like sounding like now, like when you have movies like Hereditary and shit like oh, that, man, where it's right. like yes. even The Exorcist, where it's like there's not a lot of. There is paranormal stuff, but like the effects, it's, you really only see it with Reagan. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here it's like all over the place and it's like, come on, that cat couldn't have done that or that cat <laughs> wouldn't do that. And I get it. It's a movie or whatever. But yeah. it's like those movies are so strong. When you see something like this, you can only think, okay, well, I'm going to take it as goofy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be terrified of some cat that's like... What are you going to do? Like, he pulls out a fucking wire. I'm going to choke this no, guy. He, he does. Come on. He yeah. had an array And then, of... like you said, when he fed him in front of the TV, why wouldn't you think, I'm going to poison him, and if yeah. he doesn't eat the poison, then I'm going to shoot him. Right. Yeah. Instead of, I'm going to shoot you with this and big gun. And then he's monologuing. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, I've never, mi- right. I've never yeah, failed on a hit, kitty cat. Just still stay, so yeah. I can shoot you. It's, it's like, like, it's almost, you. it's like some Looney Tunes shit. It is. It is. It's more gruesome. I'm not gonna say I didn't enjoy it because I did. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it I feel was like it's a lot of fun. I will like say the whole segment is yeah, just fun. It, right. it was 
It is what it is. It I mean, was even the cat even <laughs> back to <laughs> back to the flashbacks, like watching these cat this cat wipe these people out. It's just yeah, funny. Yeah. No, like, it is. It, the cat was like it had evil intentions from the beginning because there's a scene where the two women are talking to Drogon and he's yeah. telling them to get the cat out of the house. The cat's licking milk from a saucer, but he's looking up at them arguing like. I, I understand right. all of this. Right. He's like, right. Yeah, you right. should probably you should not me let leave. me stay. But yeah, I mean, you, this isn't going to end well for any of you. A black cat is triumphant at the end of the story. Yeah, how can which it is be always bad? good. It's I always know, good. Yeah. No, this one's just a lot of fun. I think it is. I'll yeah. say that it's fun. So we're very briefly back to the frame story, and Timmy is running out of time. No, yeah. So I guess he finally caves in and gives Betty the love story that she's been it's funny asking for. He is trying to buy time, as you're saying. Yeah. And she goes, well, you still have to cook for quite a while. She's like, <laughs> I got to get you in the oven fast. My guests are going to be here before you know it. But he wins. He wins out. Yeah. And he gets to tell another story. He's like, look, this one's a love story. And she's like, all right. Damn it. Okay. All day. All right, that's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. So this leads into the last segment, Lover's Vow. And we've got James Remar as Preston and Ray Don Chong as Carola. And James Remar is a great actor. He is phenomenal. He, I, mean, I love him in everything he's in. The Warriors, and I didn't Django even, Unchained, I didn't, Dexter. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say it's Dexter's dad, he's Dexter's right? Dexter's dad. Yeah. I didn't even remember him being this guy in Me, this neither. movie. I was surprised to see him. This yeah. is, this is a, a great thing about revisiting old movies that you saw as a kid. I will say, I will agree with you 100% on that. Because like, oh my God, I didn't realize him? that yeah. all these people were in this movie and I was like, God damn. Yeah, it's a cat. lot of people. Yeah. Um, and Ray Don Chong is Tommy Chong's daughter. Yes, John Paul didn't know that. I, I didn't really? know that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, so that's shout crazy. out to Tommy Chong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hero right there. So the story starts 10 years ago and uh, Preston is this failing artist and he gets a call that his agent, Wyatt, is waiting for him at a bar and he's late. He was already supposed to be there. Yeah. So he rushes in and is like, oh, hey, he's like, oh, so how much money? You know, how much money do we have? And Wyatt's like, not so fast, Preston. <laughs> um, you haven't sold anything in four months. If you don't get your stuff out of this art gallery, they're going to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And also, I quit. I'm not your agent. Like, it is just yeah. It, goes from bad rough. to worse yeah what i love is when he's like i can't live on 10 percent of nothing and i'm like damn the math checks out right yeah. <laughs> nobody could nobody could damn it. it's airtight yeah oh but the guy there's a guy sitting at the bar that's mm-hmm. providing exposition because wyatt <laughs> that's right. wyatt mentions a woman who owns an art gallery yeah. Yeah. and he just mentions her name and preston of course knows who he is but the guy at the bar leans over to the bartender and he's like she owns an art gallery and he's <laughs> like we don't what okay uh, sure it's like thank you john yeah, for letting us that know this guy is here so wyatt leaves preston is just having a night he stays and gets drunk it's him that drunk guy Maddox and the bartender time goes on. Preston gets really, really drunk. Uh, the guy Maddox is passed out on the bar and the bartender's like, come on, I'll take you home. I guess Maddox, uh, kind of stays the night there when well, he passes he, out. He tells him he'll wake up when I open up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So they're locking up the bar. That guy's still inside, but they're in the alley locking up the bar 
And um, Preston goes to pee and it's kind of like, man, I'm going to end up just like him. And, you know, I'm a failure, this, this and that. Right, right. So the bartender's locking the door and he hears kind of movement and wrestling <laughs> in the alley. <laughs> and <laughs> no. And and I'm glad that he because in most scenarios, you'll see somebody Who's back there? Hello? And then they just walk right. back. This dude pulls out his no, gun. No, he, he does. He He's gets like, his gun. fuck this. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's... I'm in a dark yeah, alley at you know? night. Yeah. He's smart. No, he gets yeah. his gun ready, but something smacks the hand holding the gun and the whole damn hand comes no, off. Yeah. yeah. Something smacks his face and half his face is bloody and, and you it know, looks, decimated. Looks great. I, this whole segment. It probably has the best effect. Yes. I, you can see film. where the money was spent, yeah. I think. And so he gets smacked in the face again. Whole head comes off. <laughs> and he's like, help me, help me. Boom, his head's yeah. gone. Preston is just watching the whole thing. I mean, what and else can he do? Yeah, I no mean, shit. No. nothing. Yeah. He's lucky he didn't run. So, we, yeah, we see the monster finally. And it's this winged gargoyle. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a gargoyle. No, I mean, was... it's I, a gargoyle. I would, I would call it a gargoyle. Uh... But I will say, it doesn't look great. <laughs> in the face. It's a little cartoony See, that, in the face. I think that's what throws me off. Because right. like a, a little gargoyle, cartoony in the you face. think devilish kind exactly. of. Exactly. It looks this like. This thing look, like a kind of mutant yeah, or like almost, a stupid monster or something. like A, a stupid monster. You know? stupid. It know. looks like, <laughs> almost like a gremlin in a way. Almost. Yeah, the eyes. Kinda, it doesn't, yeah. it does the big not, eyes make it almost cute. Doesn't strike fear. Yeah. And it talks funny because the well, puppetry is not great yeah, either. Yeah, no. So. It is a winged gargoyle. <laughs> yes. All right. And it comes up to Preston and is like, look, your life in exchange for a promise. And he's like, you know, he's not in any position to negotiate. No. So the gargoyle is like, look, <laughs> you have to promise never to tell anybody anything. What I did, what I look like, how I talk, what I sound like, who I am. Like I have a lot of questions yeah, about no. why that even, why the deal was even made. <laughs> right, like anybody's gonna believe you anyway. True. Yeah. You know? Even more questions though. And Preston... is this a part of gargoyle folklore that <laughs> yeah, I just don't right. know about? <laughs> We're not well versed. Right, you didn't see <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Sorry. It was just funny to me that all the bases were covered. You yeah. don't talk about this. You don't talk about that. What you don't I talk look about like, this. What I smell <laughs> like. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. So Preston is like, yeah, yeah, like I promise. Yeah. And then the gargoyle goes, cross your heart. <laughs> this and fucking slash- got yeah. jokes. <laughs> yeah. And slashes Preston across the chest. Yes. Which was not cool. No. But um, Preston runs off into the street, stops and throws up. Like, I think we all would. Yeah. Um, and he was already drunk yeah. as hell. So, God damn, what would that be like? Huh? I can't. I would think you're that just, my, I made it up. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I got to like, stop I, drinking. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Never again. No. So there's a woman walking down the street and he kind of pulls her into like this little inlet or this alley. Right. And he's like, look, it's dangerous down here. Like, what, what, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm looking for, I was trying to find a cab. And he's like, there's no cabs down yeah, here. No. He's like, um, come to my house and you can call a cab from there. And she's like, okay. So <laughs> they go back to his house. She's looking at his art. They're kind of talking about where she came from or whatever. Preston calls the police and then hangs up on the police. Right. I think he just thinks better of it because he's like, yeah. oh, shit, I made a deal. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I promise that gargoyle. <laughs> yeah. So he goes in the bathroom and he's trying to tend to his cross your heart wound. (laughs) And uh, 
Carola comes in there and starts helping him, and then suddenly they're having sex. Now, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> if you see me and I got these giant, they were huge. Marks, they're across this whole she's chest. She's pretty relaxed. <laughs> she's super yeah. chill. Oh, here, let me just get a, a towel and dab you off. It's like, like what's what? funny though is she's cleaning. <laughs> she's cleaning it with a. Uh, Alcohol and he is not trying to macho up for her at all. No. He's like, oh, <laughs> God damn! What's well, in but that? that? But that's what I'm saying. As big as as big as those wounds are, God, yeah, God damn, you would think <laughs> I'd be a little freaked out. No, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what the Holy hell happened shit, to you? Carol is clearly not a nurse. No, no. Um, one thing I will say is rewatching this as an adult. I do not remember that sex scene happening. And it's because... We were probably... Yeah. yeah. Our, our, yeah. our parents, whenever things would get a little too racy, they would either forward the parts or they would uh, shield the eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the funny thing about that is uh, this never happened for Gore, but I because a man did get decapitated earlier. And that was but yeah. I feel like that's a lot easier to explain to a kid. He once had a head? No, no he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but to explain their weird take my breath away sex scene. Mom, yeah. didn't didn't they just meet? Yeah, Listen. it doesn't matter. Look. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I just remember, and like I said, it was my two older brothers. So whatever I watched, there was no censorship. There yeah. was just confusion. <laughs> it was just, what the, what what's happening? What is happening here? So the next morning, he's sketching the gargoyle. Now, that is in clear violation of his NDA that it he is. signed with that gargoyle. <laughs> well, nobody's seen it but him. But isn't it dangerous? It's like... Oh, if, it's dangerous. I mean, yeah. you're, you're playing with fire here, right? No, absolutely. So Kerala comes out and they're kind of, you know, making out. And he's like, oh, I don't know if he remembers that he just saw his friend get decapitated <laughs> or what. But he's like, I gotta go. And she's kind of annoyed. And he's like, just stay here. Which like... Yeah, where's she going? I know. Where's she going to go? So he's like, just stay here. I'll be back. So he goes down there and it was all real. They're putting the bartender's body into an ambulance, which I mean, he's gone. Yeah. uh, The coroner would be be smarter. Yeah. Like, look, we'll try to retach his head. We don't know. (laughs) It's going to be touch and go for a while. Touch and go. (laughs) And the the drunkard is like, someone cut his head off. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we see it, guy. Is that? Yeah. Is oh, that guy? Great question. Because <laughs> the bartender was supposed to let him yes. out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. How'd you even get out here, Matt? And uh, why does that guy look like Neil from he, fucking he like dude. Ride from Chappelle I, Show? Dude, I wrote that down. I yeah, said, lo- that I said his friend looks like Neil Brennan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be like his It's like John dad. Brennan. We're like, what yeah. the? <laughs> No, he looks exactly That's like so Neil Brennan. Because I, I was thinking about that, and I was like, there's no way that this is the same guy. I no, it can't be. So I kept looking at him, and I was like, it's got it. I was like, maybe it's just a coincidence, or it's his family member, or it's... I was like, but... That is no, so you are so yeah. right. I was like, he looks exactly <laughs> like that dude. I was like, fuck. Preston goes back home, and Carola is gone. And he's even like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have stayed either. No. Yeah. So he goes back to... Drawing gargoyles. And <laughs> I still he can't stop. I mean, I get look, if something this crazy happened to me, I would want to do something about it. I'd want to write a song about it. I'd want to talk about it. And he's I an can't artist. Talk about it. He can't you know, talk about so it. you gotta find your outlet somewhere. So yeah. I get it, but at the same time, anybody finds these fucking no, drawings. Yeah, you're yeah, done. You're done. Yeah. How do you explain that? Yeah. Carola shows back up and she has her bags. And she's like, oh, the my friend that I'm staying with, her boyfriend came home and he's basically like, I don't care. Just come inside. Which yeah, is they, like, they just uh, met. Yes. Like, Damn. yes. They're moving very quickly. Very, very quickly. 
So he's super chill about her, I guess, just moving in. And she mentions that she called a friend of a friend who owns an art gallery. And he's like, that's the hottest art gallery in town. (laughs) Like, how convenient. How convenient. So she basically said how much she loved his art, yada, yada, yada. So in the next scene, he's a huge success already. Yeah. And uh, she mentions that one of his pieces sold for $23,000. They're popping champagne and, you know, everything's great. And so Maddox walks up and he's like, man, I mean, he's drunk. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, as he is wont to be. Right. Yeah. Basically is like, I know you know more than what you're telling. And and Preston and Carola kind of brush him off. Well, but here, why would he assume that? Maybe because yeah. he was the only other one there that night. I mean, but he was passed out when they left together. So and, he Preston yeah. could he doesn't know. No. You know? So I don't know. That's not really fair. I mean, it's no. true. He does know more than he's saying. Oh, but yeah. But Maddox doesn't know that. <laughs> he's 100% right. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> so they go back home and Carola tells <laughs> Preston that she's pregnant. <laughs> to yeah. which he responds, we going to make this little bastard legitimate or what? Yeah. Like, is which that... is the sweetest marriage proposal I've ever seen. I guess. <laughs> well, but she was open to it. She wasn't like, what did you just say to me? Well, then he proposes proper uh-huh. after. And then um, we flash forward 10 years. So I guess this would be present day for us. Right. right. And Carola sees a piece of paper, I guess, sticking out of a desk drawer or something. Uh-huh. And she pulls it and it rips. But the corner piece is one of those gargoyles that he was drawing like mad. But only a piece of it comes out of the drawer. So... Wyatt is back representing Preston. No. (laughs) That was odd to me. Yeah. Wyatt, Preston, and they have two children. They all show up. I guess it's Halloween. It looks like they've been trick-or-treating. I'm guessing, yeah, because they were in costumes. (laughs) Yeah, but they never mentioned that it was Halloween the night that, because this is 10 years to the day that they met. No, yeah, that that never came up. No. Although maybe that does, you're like, okay, well, maybe on Halloween, gargoyles are allowed to fuck around. Just the one night. Just the one night. But I did find it weird because I was like, oh, the kids just dressed, you know, because I saw the daughter first. Yeah. And then I see Preston come in and he's looking like Snake Plissken with yes. his fucking eye <laughs> yeah. patch. And I'm like, did something happen? Was there an accident <laughs> that I lose missed? an eye in the last yeah. 10 years? I mean, it's been 10 years. Things happen in 10 years, but I guess it was Halloween. So Wyatt is babysitting the kids while Preston and Carola go out for the 10 year anniversary of the night that they met. Go. I know exactly what you're about to say. Go ahead. This is about the daughter. Yep. The daughter says the worst thing, which, okay, all parents at some point tell their children how they met. Yeah. Right. It's just part of the thing, you know, because kids are curious and like, well, how'd you meet? And was it Wyatt that brought it up or was it Preston that said it's been 10 years or whatever since the night? One of them does. Well, the kid says, was that when... You said daddy threw you up against the wall and he thought he was going to rape you? And she goes, yes, darling. I'm like, Did uh... Did you not catch that? No, I could barely worst... hear what it what yep. was said. Yeah. Yep. I was like, what the hell? Yep. That... What? Yeah. And... I, I... No, the little girl says it and she goes, yes, darling. And Carola is just like, yeah. So uh-huh. apparently that's how they told the this story... This is part of their mythos. ...of how they met. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? I, I swear. am dead serious because I literally, I'm not shocked by much. <laughs> I just watched a man get his hand and head torn off by a gargoyle. But when I saw that, I was like, 
<laughs> what? Like, I literally oh gasped. <laughs> like, I could not believe that. Wow. No, yeah, she totally says that. So we get this shot of Kerala kind of smiling and nodding, looking at everything, like the quintessential, oh, my life is perfect, you know? Yeah. Her and Preston are coming back from their date. They're getting ready to go to bed. Wyatt leaves. The kids are both asleep. And Wyatt spends the next, like, 15 minutes trying to get a cab downstairs. <laughs> but anyway. Dude, yeah, because a lot goes on and he just stays down there. He's looking for a cab. Yeah. Preston's like, why don't we move to the country? And, um, right. you know, the kids can have room to run around. And she's like, you and the kids would both hate that. And he's like, no, but it's for you. And she's like, you can't. You've already given me everything. You can't give me anything else. And Preston's like, yes, I can. I can give you the truth. So he takes out this spot on fucking no three D print. This is this was. I laughed so hard because as he takes it out, he's like, nobody's ever seen this before, and I was like, what your gargoyle action figure? Yeah, (laughs) your toy from uh, Tales from the Dark Side. (laughs) Your official merch. (laughs) No, it is a dead on sculpture of the gargoyle that he saw last night. That that night, not last night. Yeah, yeah ten years and, uh, ago. Ten years ago. To so he's telling her what happened, and she's just kind of looking at him, and he's like, "Well, this was, you know, this is, you know, what I mean by my life was over. I almost died that night, and then I met you, and everything turned around, and our lives perfect." And she just burst into tears, and he's like, "No, I'm telling the truth." <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "You promised you'd never tell," and so that's when you're like. Oh, huh? okay. So she starts screaming as her body is being ripped apart and she's transforming back into this gargoyle. The kids wake up because they hear her screaming and they run into the room. And uh, again, it all looks really good. No, now, yeah. to a point. Yeah. <laughs> when she's when she's coming apart and you're seeing the gargoyle bits piercing yeah. through the flesh yeah. and the blood and like, yeah. the meat, yeah. it looks very good. Yes. But... When she's completely gargoyle again, you're like, oh, this looks like that TV show Dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, yes. Like the dad with yes. the silly face. Exactly, yeah. Come no. On. I was yeah. like, you know. And then here's the thing, Turn too. down that rock and rock music. <laughs> <laughs> Why be mad if he loves you that much he's telling he you? Promised. But it's, he it's, promised. But, but hold on, though. But it's you. He promised. I, he's telling the gargoyle. It's not like he's telling anybody else. He's telling the gargoyle? <laughs> right. But, right, right. Hold on, though. But That's a technicality. Hold on. There is no technicality. Yeah, there is no technicality in gargoyle world. She's like, wait, you're telling me, but no. I'm the gargoyle. Shit. No. Doesn't Why? count. But the thing was is that she says that, like, even in her gargoyle form, he was like, I loved, I loved you. And she's like, and I loved you too. But, but you betrayed your vow. But it's like, why wouldn't when he started when when you saw that action figure she should have been away, like shut put it away, up put it away. don't do yeah. it just be quiet no she just sat there and let it happen yeah yeah, um, yeah but you also have to get to the kids yeah the kids come in and they start transforming into baby gargoyles and again doesn't look great <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what bothers me is it's like when you see. Carola turned back into the gargoyle. It looks fantastic with her right. face, all the mm-hmm. makeup. It's like if you had spent half as much time on, on the, the actual <laughs> creature design for oh. these children and no, the main yeah. gargoyle, yeah. we wouldn't have any problem. It's the same problem I have for the crate for Creep Show. Yeah, no. You did the makeup and the wounds very well, yeah, but the creature, creature is not looks, great. Yeah. And the creature is make yeah. or break. That's fair. I still like the gargoyle because it's a little cute. 
It shouldn't but be. It, yeah, <laughs> it decapitated a bartender. And the little yeah. gargoyles are really cute. They shouldn't be. Didn't we see? Don't they have one at the Museum of the Weird in Austin? Yes, they do. They have one of they the, have one of the gargoyles yeah. from the Tales from the Dark Side movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. literally there. Yeah. So basically, that's it. She tells him that he betrayed the vow and then she rips his throat out well she screams because i guess she's in pain <laughs> she's like you betrayed your vow <laughs> if you're that heartbroken <laughs> just turn back and then be like yeah you know all right. we don't know i don't know gargoyle, gargoyle folklore folklore yeah to where she may like, have no choice you know what yeah. i used to watch gargoyle cartoons <laughs> when i was younger and they didn't do none of that shit no they yeah, didn't none you're, of wait, that. so you're telling uh, me they didn't marry a man for 10 no. years bear his children <laughs> bear his no. half gargoyle and then she was thrown out people and the, the kids weren't even like what is happening to us? No, yeah they knew that's yeah. the part that made no sense because after she chooses throat out and he lies dying on the floor the kids are just like all right they let's nestle get out of here. up to right? her yeah so then she grabs like what's wrong with dad you just, you murdered Yeah. <laughs> no shit. I'm not going home with you. Trick or treating we tonight. are home. <laughs> right. They just had a good time. Yeah. Now it's like you just ripped his fucking throat out. Yeah. Uh, Unless she broke the rules and she's like, look, there may come a day <laughs> that he fucking breaks this right. and then I got to chew his throat out and we can just be the three of us. Then we break we'll out the, trio. through the skylight. Yeah. Because that's what they do. They fly out of the skylight. Perch on the top of the building and then turn to stone, and it's so a mom now they're just fucked. They don't even get to grow up because this lady's so upset that he. Maybe told... on Halloween they'll get to come down and make another promise. Now I will say the last shot is very cool and sad because it starts the same way. It starts yeah, with, with the one one gargoyle yeah. peering down into Preston's apartment through a skylight, and then it ends with them all three together as the stone gargoyle. So it's, it's kind of neat. It's bookended. It's a little, it's a little sad, but it's also a little, yeah, but I mean, that's shitty, man. You just, that's not fair. Not, no. to the, not to the ugly kids or the gargoyle <laughs> they kids. They were cute. Nah. <laughs> they got a different ideas of cute. Man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so what did we think of lover's vow? Are you thinking this was the weakest one? I think this is the weakest story. Oh. And, and I, uh, I will tell you why I have two reasons why one Creature design. The creature design kind of kills this story for me. The story is great. This is my favorite I, one. I will say I, I would prefer that they weren't gargoyles. I did read that this was based on a Japanese folklore. I read that too. And it was a ghost. Yeah. It wasn't a gargoyle. A ghost. And I think yeah. I would have liked to have seen that, that much better. Yeah, that might... I think my whole maybe beef, they already had the gargoyles made. Yeah. <laughs> and like we got to use these. <laughs> my gonna beef go to waste. is like what you're saying is their faces. Yes, their faces are really silly. They're yeah. not scary. Like they're if not I, scary. I'll if give I you seen that. that, I'm not gonna. I'd be like, are you friendly or are you here to kill me? It's like what's happening? Yeah. It's like that's you don't look like a gargoyle. You look like some kind of mutant, whatever the fuck. <laughs> but I, I think that too kind of took it away from what it was meant. I don't think the story was bad, but I do feel like the faces killed it. Like it yeah. was It's and, my favorite story. And to show the, the faces so much. Yes. That's the problem. Yes, yeah. If they they could have shot this so differently that it's just like this like thing, yeah. you know, and you don't even really see the faces and the all that much. Cool. The wings look no, cool. The wings look cool. Yeah. The bodies look cool. The body look it's cool the too. face and it's um, it's down to the face. Yeah. And it just looked bad. It really did. He's not wrong. Well, it's my favorite story. No, Moving uh, on. The story. <laughs> the story's great. No, Don't get yeah, me wrong. the story's fine. I just it, it did though. The faces do kind of kill it. 
So <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> disappointed. So was I. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so the stories are done. We're wrapping up the film with the frame story. Betty is like, look, like you're out, you know, uh-huh. and Timmy's like, no, 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 there's a really good one. And she's like, well, you should have read that before because you're done. That's true. So he starts telling his own story. Now, it's kind of sad to start because he said that yeah. his brother had a paper route and his brother got, got sick, sick. And so he was running the paper route for it. So he's like Dante from Clerks. He wasn't, he wasn't even supposed, supposed to, to be, be here, here today. today. And he ends up in a witch's, like, dungeon. Basically. Right. She's like, you can stop telling the story because we both know how it ends. Which Delicious. is pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> it ends with toothpaste. It ends with Crispy peeking Timmy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she opens the door to come get him out to cook him. And he's like, and then, but Timmy remembered he had marbles in his pocket. And he throws marbles on the floor. <laughs> she slips on them and drops the keys. So he grabs the keys. <laughs> well, she slips on them into like a weird. Oh, yeah. She falls onto her table of evisceration yeah, tools. tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He unlocks himself with the keys that he picks up off the floor uh, and pushes Betty onto that giant roasting pan. Uh-huh. Throws her in the oven, and now she's the one that's cooking. Yeah. And then he, free, still chooses to eat more cookies. Now, here's the problem I have with that. Those cookies are associated with the worst time I've ever had in my entire life. Yes. I would have PTSD if I saw the wrapper. Yes. It would trigger all these things, but he's just eating the cookie. And then that's the last shot in the film is him snacking. Him going, yeah. don't you just love happy endings? <laughs> And they're like Tales dun, from the Dark dun, Side. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. And then that's it. That's Tales from the Dark Side. But I will so, say, not the worst frame story. I like the it's frame a good story. Frame, and I think I've mentioned before, I like a frame story that pops in and out. That and it's not just does. bookended. It does. And it makes sense. The boy's telling stories and we're seeing the stories. It's a, I think it's a great frame story. It's better than damn Creep Show 2. I will say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. They eat me or they eat me. I think that's better. I like that better. Do you think this movie is better than Creepshow 2? My thing, it's it feel, it's like a spiritual successor to Creepshow. Definitely. All they would have had to have done is changed a couple things and it's basically Creepshow 3. You change that book to a comic book. You add some lighting into the stories like they did for Cat from Hell, but in all of them with add the mummy, all that stuff. Comic book panels. Right. Uh, comic book panels, uh, and then have uh, maybe the creep is somehow involved, right? And if you do those things, in my view, Tales from the Dark Side is better than Creep Show 2. Agreed. I just, I don't know. And you know what? I didn't even know that until your sister told me that about it. It's me neither. To be I didn't know that either. Me neither. But I'm not even going to lie to you. I feel like a studio had, it, just me going off of what I knew before, uh-huh. I felt like a studio had the money and said, get get these this guy, this guy, and this star, and let's rip off Creepshow. Like straight really? up. That's what I felt it was, was a creep show ripoff. And it was like, okay, so you had some money, you threw it around, you got Christian Slater, this guy, that guy, <laughs> and you try to make something that was supposed to be scary, and it wasn't. None of those stories are scary. Not one of but those none stories of are okay. scary, really. Exactly. I don't I mean not, if, not now. Not no, scary. not now. Yeah. But no. I feel like even if I even when I watched this as a kid, that's how forgettable it was. Cause it was like, I don't even remember this shit. It was like this is it was it was nothing to me. Like it didn't <laughs> it, it really nothing. did. I, I like, totally disagree. I, I would yeah. rather watch the first two creep shows than this. I'd rather watch the first 
the first creep show. hundred percent. But I enjoyed uh, this more than I enjoyed Creepshow. I know show nobody too. can see, but I'm giving you the Thor face. The really yeah, we, <laughs> the Daenerys. Yeah, yeah. We really really <laughs> So I know which one was your least favorite. Yes. What was your favorite story? This is where it gets tough for me. Okay. Okay, because I I, I really enjoyed Lot 249. Yeah. Because the mummy and mummies don't get enough representation in horror, I don't think. But I got to say, the most entertaining, the one I enjoyed the most, probably was Cat from Hell. Wow. Because, I mean, it to me, it felt like a creep show segment. It did. And okay, I'll no, give you not, that. You're no, not wrong. yeah, I'll give you that. that it, I, I could see that yeah. in a creep show movie. And no, I, yeah. also, it doesn't hurt. I'm a cat man. Yeah, definitely. So to see a cat all through the segment and get victorious and be at triumphant. the end, yeah. I, 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 I think that one's my favorite one. I've already said Lover's Vow is my favorite. I feel like it's got the strongest story of the three. What about you? It has the strongest story. Yeah. Definitely. You have an issue with execution. I Absolutely. understand. And I would have liked to have seen the ghost instead. That would have been cool. I'm not going to lie. That would have been cool, but... I want to say that one as well, just because of the story. The lover's vow, yeah, just because of the I, story. I do agree with you though on the faces, because uh, they're they're really they're not scary. I feel like no. if they would have changed the faces, just a small tweak to make them frightening, yes. then it would have been like, holy shit, Man, that's what. I, and that's I, I why totally get what you're saying. It would have been my favorite. Yeah, no, I or see... the ghosts. Ooh, I bet no. the ghost there would have been, been no badass. topping it. There yeah. would have been no topping it. If I see something slap somebody I know and its fucking head comes off, the face can look like fucking Winnie the Pooh. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the face but, looks hey, like. But I'm not James Ramar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, safe. I'm at home yeah, watching this, it's... not impressed. All right. You got a point. So to wrap it all up, on a scale from one to ten vengeful cats... <laughs> Best segment. <laughs> Sidebar. Yeah. I, and again, nostalgia did play a factor in this. Right. I don't have the same love for it that I do for Creep Show, but it is still heavily a nostalgia thing for me. For sure. And it is comforting, again, to watch in that weird way where it's like, I know this. I know, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun watching it again, I will say. I give Tales from the Dark Side six out of ten vengeful Ooh. cats. You go ahead, because I want to. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, I looked at this, tried to look at it without the nostalgic lens, but I did not succeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's but hard. It is. Here's, here's the thing. I, I also had to think about how I rated movies in the past. Did I like this more than Creepshow that I gave a seven? No. Yeah. Did I like this more than Creepshow 2 that I gave a five? Yes. yes. So for that reason, I'm giving Tales from the Dark Side six out of ten vengeful cats. All right. So here, this is where we're going to go ahead and, and we're, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, for me, there was no nostalgia. Right. Right. Because I could give a shit less about this movie. Yeah. Okay. Like, and, and no disrespect to anybody who made the movie, started the movie, whatever, <laughs> because I love them all. Uh-huh. But going off of what you said, did I like this better than Creepshow 1? No. no. Did I like it better than Creepshow 2? No, not Yikes. at all. Have I watched this more than Creepshow 2? Not no. at all. Yeah. Have I watched it more than Creepshow 1? Nope. 
Yeah. Do I have any attachment to this? Nope. <laughs> it means this literally is just some nothing. Shit that you want. So you were you were able to there was no nostalgia plan no, at all. Yeah. So I'm I'm going in this as watching this pretty much not like a first timer, but like watching it and actually watching it. And I'm gonna give it a four point <gasps> five vengeful cats. Like and the the reason being is like <laughs> I think there was just the 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 cat story uh-huh. very goofy it was very goofy it was so for that i was like okay i get it like i said i'm taking it for what it's it is fun. it it is fun but if i'm getting told a story of terror that's not terrifying a no, cat going in my mouth i put the cat's face in my mouth all the time <laughs> and she gets mad you've seen me do it like and she doesn't I try have. to crawl inside yeah and and it's like come on you know what i mean and then the story the last one as well like you said, the um, effects, the effects just killed it. I do like the mummy one. I with Christian Slater and and Buscemi. I do. Oh, yeah. I really do like it. But it's just so. It's like that's the only one. <laughs> so it's like the story is good on the end, but the effects look bad. Mm-hmm. The middle one is cool because I am a cat dad. Yeah, I yeah. like cats. I love. I always had cats, but it's. It's really goofy. It is. And then the first one is good, but it's just, it's like, eh, you know what I mean? It's like, come on. But there was, like I said, there was no nostalgia for me. Right. So it was just me watching this movie like an adult and being like, this is. That's really not low. your favorite. This is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's like, eh. But I mean, I, like I told your sister, I watch so many movies. I There's such a wide variety of movies that I watch mm-hmm. that it's like. This is just not, you know what I mean? It's like, will I watch this again? Unless she tells me, I will be, I will be 100% honest with you. Mm-hmm. If your sister never mentions this movie again, I will never watch this movie again in the rest of my life, <laughs> ever. Unless she wow. says, let's watch it with the kids, yeah. or I want the kids to watch it, or hey, come sit down, let's have a movie night together as a family. I will never suggest or pick this movie up to watch, period. Period. And that's creep show. Both creep shows. I can you say will. that All this move, this movie. No, there's just nothing for me here. It just does nothing. For I have me. such a soft spot for. But again, you said you guys watched it. Yeah, we you did. You guys watched it a lot. So mm-hmm. to you guys, it means something. I feel like yeah. that was like but- our mom's bread and butter because she had all of those horror anthology movies like no well, matter I how was, old they I were i was talking to her today and she said that horror anthologies are still like her favorite yeah she said the reason that she loves them so much is because it's almost like do i have t- it's it, it's kind of a comparison do i have time to read a novel or can i read a short story by yeah. stephen king you know it's it's kind of like that with anthology stories where you can kind of pick them up put them down watch them through and it's three short little stories you know, connected by a frame story, and yeah. it's not. It doesn't feel like you're having to invest so much into it. I get that. You know, yeah. so oh, I get and that. I love short stories too. Yeah, like I, the I math checks out. That <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I will, I will watch it again. I will too, and I will make you. <laughs> and, and and that's fine if you want to watch it. Like I said, but like personally, me, I won't tell. I just feel like there's far more more better scary movies to watch with the kids well, I mean, than there this. That's, and my that's thing true. is this. I don't want them to watch a movie and be like, oh, that guy looks goofy. If you're going to watch a horror movie, I want you to be like, dad, can I sit next to you? <laughs> yeah. And you're not going to get that doing, with this film. You, yeah. I want and them you're to not be traumatized. Get, I, right. Well, 
traumatized or toughen up. You know what I mean? <laughs> that way, when you see a real ghost, it's like, you know, oh, shit. This is real. It's time to run, when not, Timmy, yeah. come touch me. No, 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 no. Just run. There's no... You don't want to be that guy. No. You know what I mean? You don't want to go in there and like, I heard a noise. Let's go investigate. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Just, Trying to raise just some leave. smart kids. Yeah, just go. Just go. Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Tales from the Dark Side and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. And remember, never betray your vow, even if it's been 10 years. Until next time. Bye.